Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. My message today is called From Regret to Reconciliation, and it really comes from the point of view that sometimes we as moms, we look back in our life and we go, I messed up. Did I mess up my kid? Any of you guys have those, those thoughts? Any of you moms? You're like, did I, did I do that to them? Right? And we look back and we're like, oh, God, forgive me, you know? And I hope that is what you're asking, right? God, forgive me if it's a really bad mistake that you've made. But I want to let you know today that God sees you. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what is the message you want for me to tell the women, the mothers, the mother figures, men? My neighbor raised his daughters. He was a mom and a dad to them. So some of you men that have stepped up to that place, that mothering place, I uh, want to congratulate you as well. In the definition in the dictionary of a mother, it says that a mom as a noun, as a person, is a woman who has in a relationship with her children. But it's also a verb. A verb is something that you do. A mom is someone who has taken this human being, who has cared for them, who's nurtured them, who gives them affection. And then obviously the second definition, a mom is someone who literally gives birth to the baby, right? Only mothers can do that, by the way. <laughs> now I want to talk to you today how God, how we see him as a father, but he's also a mother, not in the sense of gender. He's a mother in the sense of spirit. And it's because we were made in his likeness. Women, do not forget, you were made in the image of God just as much as any man that you've ever seen or looked up to or has spoken down to you. You were made in his likeness just like your husband or your brother or your cousins. It says that in the image of God, he created them. He created them. Adam, then he pulled woman, Eve, out of Adam. So to understand God, you have to understand both the male and the female role. There's similarities in male and female in the image of God, and there's differences. We're allowed to be different. That's what God, he is so awesome because he says, you are both made in my likeness. So in the same way, you're in my likeness. But guess what? I've also made you different. And I made you different on purpose. And in this purpose, he says this verse. It's not up here, but he says in Proverbs 1.8, my son, my daughter, hear the instructions of your father. But don't forsake the law of your mother. And then one of the commandments is honor your mother and your father. Because it took both 
both of those essences to create a good human being. It's needed in this generation, a male and a female figure to create good human beings. Instruction and discipline came from the Father, but the law, the Torah, the the Old Testament where the little Jewish boy was brought up as a baby, that was the mother's responsibility. The Jewish view of motherhood, I got this from Dr. Yvette Miller, it has five ways that Judaism honors mothers. Now, if you don't know what Judaism is, the Bible came from the people of Israel. You guys know that, right? And so we call them Jews. And Christianity came from the notion that God came and sent his son Jesus, but he sent him into the culture called the Jewish culture. And so he was raised as a Jewish boy, right? And so when we read the context of the Bible, we often want to look back and say, okay, what did this mean back then? What was it like for that culture? And then we can kind of compare our culture. Most of us are Hispanic. Some of us are pure American. We've lost touch with some of our cultural values. Some of us are from other cultures, but we want to see how it, how it compares to that. And so in the Jewish view, this is a proverb that they would say, God could not be everywhere, so he made mothers. Isn't that awesome? That's how Jewish people are brought. God, God can't be everywhere, but your mama can. When you think she ain't listening, right? I remember I would talk smack in the front car, and I thought, my mom doesn't understand me because she doesn't speak English. And I'd be like, ba, 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 this is what I'm going to do. I was sneaky. Oh, my God, I was so sneaky. One time I was like, okay, girl, I'm going to go meet you over here. We're going to go meet this guy, okay? And um, I, I'm just going to tell my mom that I'm going to visit you at your house. Next thing you know, I'm, you know, saying hi to the boy. I was probably about 14 years old. And I see my mama driving up the road. I was like, what the? (laughs) How did? No, she knows everything. Kids, your mama knows everything. And by the way, a mama who has the Holy Spirit, she really knows everything. (laughs) Yes, mamas do know best. So in the Jewish culture, fathers were meant to be the disciplinarians, but mothers were meant to be the nurturing parent. And there was this caution that even though the mom was nurturing and the dad was disciplinary, they had to honor both. Even in death, they will say, blessed be their memory because you honored them, even if they were bad parents. Now, I know some of you guys might have had bad parents, but nonetheless, God is telling us, honor them. They didn't do the right things. They made some really bad mistakes. But honor them, because in honoring them, I will honor you. It's the promise of the Bible. I will give you a long life. Honor your parents. Mothers stood out as key figures in the Jewish history. The Jews survived many, many um, conflicts because of women, because of mothers. It's thought motherhood isn't only raising a child. It is being a partner with the divine. Moms, you have a special place. You are a partner with the most high God. 
who says, I give you this person so that you could steward their life. And maybe you can't have kids. Listen, you can still be a mom. You can still be my mom. My husband and I, we have about 20, 26 spiritual kids. They're not ours. They're not ours. And for some reason, some of them, their moms have passed away, and I've stepped into the role of mother. Some of you, you have the opportunity where you can adopt children. Did you know that if every church in the United States took one kid, we wouldn't have an orphanage system and kids wouldn't be in foster care? If that's you, do it. Do it. God honors you. He gives you the ability to nurture and bring up children regardless if they're actually coming out of your own body. Like mothers, did you ever think that God had hopes, regrets, and longings? Right? Sometimes we think God, God was just so big and perfect, and he is. God is absolutely perfect. But could God have had a hope and then a regret? So let's look at the fall, the very beginning. Here's the Garden of Eden. He creates Adam and Eve. And God's absolute hope is that humanity would want to live with him and be in his presence and just be with him all the time. How many of you moms want your kids to just stay with you forever? Right? I want my, my little mijito. Mijito, you're going to stay with me until you get married at 50. Right? And then there's these other moms where we're just like, oh, when you're 18, you are out of the house and you're paying for your own food, right? And both are okay, really, both are okay. But God, God wanted presence and relationship every day, every day. And he loved us so much, he loved humanity so much, he said, I want you to love me because you want to love me. And sometimes us as moms, we look at our kids and that's what we want. We want our kids to love us just because we want them to love. We don't want to force them to love us. We want them to love us. But then human beings made the tragic mistake, right? We all know what happened. Do you think that in that moment, God probably said, I regret making humanity? I could say he regretted humanity's mistake. Have you ever seen sometimes when your kid makes a mistake and you just regret what they're doing? You regret the consequence that might happen because of the mistake that they're living in or the sin that they're living in? And then God, right away from the very beginning, he's like, even though I regret the mistake they made, I have a plan. I have a plan I'm going to do whatever it takes to reconcile them and bring them back to me. And that's how us as mothers we should be. When we see people fall away, we should say, it's okay. It's okay. You know, not it's okay that they're sinning. But God had a plan, and I'm going to have a plan too. And in that plan, you've got prayer. Man, I've led moms to get anointing oil and to go into their kids' rooms and literally anoint their rooms. I've had moms pray as they wash their kids' clothes, right? They'll call me, they'll be like, ay, pastora, you don't know what my kids are doing. I said, sister, when they're not there, grab their clothes, wash them. She'll be like, oh, Jesus, 
wash the sin out of their, oh, just to, you know, do whatever it takes, whatever it takes. But that we always have a heart of reconciling our kids. Why? What is God's reason? First John says, love is who God is. Listen, when you see these signs, love is this or love is that, or different definitions of what love is, remember, love is who God is. He is love. The, the, the personhood of God. Love comes from God. As a matter of fact, he created humanity because he needed it out of his essence to create something that would love like he loved. God creates humanity because of love. He gives us free will because of love. God's love is unconditional when we turn away from him. And out of love, God longs to meet with us every day, every single person. Think of the worst person you can possibly imagine. See, I do this because I try to keep myself humble. I try to to walk out and see people and say, I am not better. I am not, even if that homeless person over there, God loves them. That prostitute, God loves her. That person that's broken and on drugs. Listen, I had a brother. My brother got sent out on three strikes. You're outlaw. He lived here his whole life, but he wasn't born here. In his 50s, got kicked out of the country. And you think, God, why are you so, you're old. Why are you still doing that? You know, and you have these, these human tendencies to say, man, I'm done with you. I'm, I'm stopping, right? Like I've prayed for you too long. But the mothering heart says, I will not stop praying. The mothering heart says, I will always have hope. I will always continue steadfast, longing like God longs for us. Listen to God's hope for us. And hear a mother's hope in the famous hope scripture, Jeremiah 28, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. That's what mothers have for their kids. Think of when a mom is pregnant. Do you think any mom would say, I hope your life is Awful. I hope you have no plans. I hope you fail. (laughs) I don't think even the worst mom says that, right? And I know that there's moms that, that have given up their kids. I know that there's moms that just couldn't take care of them. I know that, but I know that innate because of God, because of the image that he created us in, that something in them had to have say, I hope. I hope even Even in this decision, I know this is going to be hard, but even in the decision of when women terminate their pregnancies, there's a hope that said, I did this because it's the best thing to do. Now, I'm not saying that it is the best thing to do, 
but I'm saying that in them, there was something that drove them. And could that be what causes us to have empathy towards these women, right? Because there is a pain. There has to be a pain because we're created in God's image. Listen to God's empathy as a mom has empathy for her kids and how to deal with regret. In Acts 3.19, it says, repent, turn to God so your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come. No, I had a daughter. She's actually my sister's daughter. My sister got really involved in, in drug addiction and alcohol. She actually died of alcoholism uh, in 2018. But we took my, my daughter, her daughter, at the age of 13, and we said, we're not going to convert her. If she's going to choose Jesus, she's going to choose Jesus on her own. And so I started taking her on missions trips. She went on missions trips with me. And right there in, in Tijuana, she saw a little boy playing with a deflated ball. And that was her moment. That's where God took her. That's where she saw it and said, this is salvation. Like, this is what God, God made him just like he made me. And, and she realized who he was. And so we raised her. She went to Bible college. She went to school of prophecy. And because of these relationships, the broken heart of her mom not being there, the broken heart of her mom abandoning her, the broken heart of her dad going out and doing all these things. There was just never a sense of forgiveness. And, and Satan got a hold of her heart. And today she's wayward. She's actually married to a woman. She called me that day. You guys, I cried so much. You can ask my husband. I cried so much. I couldn't believe it. But you know what? I daily that one day she'll have a day of refreshment. Every day I pray, Lord, let it be tonight. Let it be today that I pray for her, for her wife, right? I said, Lord, let her wake up one day and find Jesus. They need Jesus. It's the one that will fulfill the longing of their soul. That's where they're going to find refreshment. Moms. It doesn't matter what your kids are doing. It doesn't matter if they're on the far side where you're looking and you're saying, this is it. You have the opportunity to pray. You, have, you guys, it is such, man, if we could see in the spiritual realm, if you could just imagine what happens when you pray, it says that we have the authority to commission angels to fight. That the moment you pray in the name of Jesus. I send, I send those angels and I send them to fight. And you know what? The fight might not be one today, but they're fighting. They're fighting. If we can open our eyes, man, you'd see these guys just going at it, just like one of those brutal movies, you know? You have that nurturing and the authority through prayer to bring times of refreshment back to your children. And then listen to this. Our scripture on regrets, Acts 3.19. Oh, I'm sorry. Our scripture for longing for reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5.18-21. All this is from God, who reconciled us to him through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, or bringing things back to wholeness. 
that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. A nurturing mom does not count their kids' sins against them. We acknowledge that they're in sin. We acknowledge that they have mistakes. We acknowledge that we've made mistakes. But God's saying, listen, just come to me. Be, let us be reconciled. Let us make this relationship right through Jesus. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He has committed to you the message of bringing back people into relationship. Every single one of us. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That is the most, that is what a mother's wish should be every day. Be reconciled to God. If I'm reconciled to God, that the moment that I live and the moment that I pray and the moment that I read my word and, and the way that I speak and act, that those around me would want to be reconciled to God because of me. Did you know that in many societies, they say that the brink of a culture's breakdown is the stance of a woman? That you could follow society's wayward down spiral by the stance of how women behave. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal because what you could see is everything being driven by money, by status, by power. But then you have a woman that says, no, we will not be driven by that. This is not how you will be raised. This is not how you will act. But the moment that the woman starts to turn and starts to agree, then society falls. Great empires have fallen after women start to turn their face and follow the ways of the world. Mothers have hopes for their kids. There's many mothers in the Bible, and I got this list from Crosswalk. If you can identify with any of these, or maybe you see these traits in your mother. These are mothers in the Bible. Sarah was the mother who waited. Hagar was the mother who endured. Rebecca, the mother who believed. Leah and Rachel, the mothers who had to share. How many of you guys have a good stepmom and a good mama? I have both. They had to share me. <laughs> Hockabed, Moses' mother, she was the mother with the plan. Samson's mother, the mother who obeyed God, the rules that God gave her. Naomi, the mother-in-law who shared her faith. You could be a great mother-in-law. How many of you are mother-in-laws? Those girls become your daughters. Those guys become your sons. Hannah, the mother who kept her promise. Elizabeth, the mother who believed in miracles. And finally, the most famous one of all, Mary, the mother who is blessed. When we look at Mary, imagine her hopes, her regrets, and her longing for reconciliation. That she's a little teenage girl. 
And this angel pops out of nowhere. Now, mind you, if an angel popped out in front of me, I'd probably fall over and, like, not breathe for 10 minutes, right? Because I'd be scared, right? And tells her, uh, you're going to have God. Oh, what? Like, I didn't just faint because you're an angel. Now I'm fainting because you're telling me I'm going to have God. <laughs> and then she actually gets pregnant, and she has to live and endure in her society the shame of being pregnant out of wedlock. I mean, that wasn't easy. Talk about some hopes being crushed, right? Ladies, when you were young, I know you all had your little magazines and you like kissed Michael Jackson. You're like, I'm going to marry him one day, <laughs> right? You have these hopes. Mary had hopes, right? I'm going to have a husband. I'm going to have this. But no, her hopes just got intercepted. Then she has the baby. Now imagine that all her life she's raising this baby and she knows it's God. Like, I can't let my baby fall right now because if he breaks his leg, I broke God's leg, <laughs> right? Or, or, you know, do I spank God? <laughs> God, stop it. <laughs> Don't talk back to me. I mean, these are the things. She was a mom. She was a mother. And in that Jewish tradition, she brought him up. She circumcised him on the eighth day. She taught him the Torah. At age 13, he had to stand in front and do his bar mitzvah. All these things, just like a regular human Jewish boy. And then came the day, the regret, when she sees her son. And all these people who are following him, and she realizes this indeed is God. All the hopes that I had, that's him. He's the Messiah. And in the turn of an eye, all those same people turn their back on him. She sees him crucified. I mean, imagine regret. And in that, there's a longing, like, I know he has to go through this because it says it in my Bible that he's going to die. Like, I have to wait for that. And it happens. And then for three days, he's dead. Imagine her mind going, is it him? Is he really going to wake up? Is he the one? Like, I was told he was the one. I raised him as the one. But is he really going to come back? And boom, he comes back. Resurrected, reconciled, relationship. And then he has to leave again. And it says in the book of Acts that she was in the upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit. She knew. She knew this is reconciliation. This is the Messiah. The spirit that was in my son is coming back. I know him. And the coolest thing is he's not just in this human. He's now in every single one. Imagine the hope of a mother going, Woo! Yes, it's him. It happened. The Holy Spirit. That's my son. That's my son. That's my son. I recognize him in every single believer. Think of your mom right now. Did your mom have regrets? Were the things that you did where you're like, Man, I broke my mom's heart that day? You have today 
to just love on her. And guess what? If she passed away, I truly believe that God allows us those windows where our prayers just can be heard. You can still ask for forgiveness. You really can. You can still go and say, Mama, man, I'm sorry. I did you wrong. And then just let go. God says, in that repentance, time of refreshing comes. Perhaps you made mistakes. What does God say? Repent. Repent. Let that time of refreshing come. And then go and reconcile your relationship. That's what Jesus died for. He didn't die for a church. He didn't die for a building. He died for people. And if you are a Jesus follower and you want to be like Jesus, we have to die for people too. That's what Mother's Day is about. Mother's Day is about tapping into that nurturing part of ourselves that says, Ay, mijito, I'm here for you. Or perdóname, I'm sorry. Or just love on them. Today's that day. You can be spiritual mothers. You could be adopted mothers. You could be actual mothers. But know that every single one is valued in God's eyes. And God told me specifically that he sees you. He sees your tears. He hears your prayers. He knows what you're going through. We've had two years. They've been tough. They've been tough, man, mamas. I was a teacher for 18 years. I taught high school for 18 years. I cannot imagine having to homeschool my kids. Oh, Lordy, we would have hated each other. And you guys are now mamas. Some of you have to work and you're homeschooling your kids. Can I just applaud you right now? You've done a great job. God sees you. God sees every single one of your moms. He knows every effort and endeavor that you've made. I'm going to have Pastor Nestor come up. And I hope that you really got to see God's nurturing heart and that you have the opportunity to always reconcile the relationship with your children or even between you and the Lord. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.